Welcome to the Know, Like, Trust podcast for real estate professionals. In this podcast, you'll discover what it takes to establish know, like, and trust, and connect with the right people for success in real estate. If you're a marketing strategist, real estate agent, or another professional in the real estate space, and you're interested in building a referral-based business, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, Betty Russo and Christine George. Hey. Hey. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. I'm really excited about today's podcast. Um, Well, it's so silly because I'm actually always excited about our podcasts. Um, You know, and it's so funny, like I'm calling it a podcast because that's what originally started out to be. And we are recording this for a podcast, but it's a live cast. So I thought of a, I thought of another word that we might be able to just call it instead of like the no like trust podcast, no like trust live cast. What about like just the no like trust experience? Welcome. Love that. I love it that an experience, right? Right. So I think that encompasses everything. It definitely does. It definitely does. Yeah. So <sighs> I'm excited because, um, for the first time we're doing like a Q and a, um, even though we kind of came up with some questions in advance, right. Questions that we hear people asking all the time. Um, and we've never done this before. So it's kind of like an ask me anything, um, for anybody, you know, who's joining us today or listens to this later at some point, um, ask us what you want to ask us because uh, we're happy to answer all of your questions. And, you know, I think you asking questions, if our listeners are asking questions, that'll be, you know, um, opening up the conversation even more. So yeah, I'm psyched for this. Yeah. I, think I, love- we have, I think I- we have questions lined up, but they're kind of yeah. like, there are kind of like questions that are just going to roll and I know other questions are going to come up from it. So I'm yeah. excited to dig in I, today. I love it because you and I come from different spaces. I mean, we, we both work in the real estate space, but we have very different roles. I mean, you're a real estate agent. Um, and I, and I'm in essentially, you know, a staff person, I support the agents. Um, and so I think it'll be really interesting to, to, to consider uh, the questions that, you know, you and I both get asked all the time. So, yeah. Um, um, the thing about the thing about that too, like as me being an agent, like a lot of the questions that I got are coming from clients, right. Sure. And a lot of the questions that you get are coming from your clients that are agents. Exactly. Right. So, um, but I do hear those agent questions often too. So I think we're going to have similarities and differences, which makes it all the better. Awesome. So do you want to start it off? Like what's the, what's one of the questions you get asked all the time? So yeah, let's do that. Um, I am just going to, drop down my notes a little bit. Okay. So one of the questions and yeah, I do hear this a lot. Um, it's about, it's about scheduling your day. So how do I schedule Mm -hmm. my day? Um, because, you know, as a real estate agent, like your schedule, you can have so many things planned for your day and then you get a phone call or something happens and like, poof, like your whole plan is up in smoke. So 
Yeah. How do you manage that? You know, I, I, I have to say, like, I was not always a fan of time blocking. I am just restarting time blocking again. I've for a while, for a few years, I've been doing like what I call day blocking. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, like I said, I was not always a fan. And the reason I wasn't a fan was because of that very reason. Like I can block my day. I can block my time, my hours to do certain things. And I would just find that it never gets done. Right. So I kind of like gave up on it. Um, I started week block, uh, blocking, which was pretty cool because I would say like, instead of hour by hour, I would say on this day, I'm doing this and this day I'm doing this on this Got day. It. I'm doing this. Like this is listing day. This is social media day. This is open house preparation day, like whatever, whatever it is. Yep. Um, but then, um, I did find that that wasn't enough. So I decided you know what, let me try this time blocking thing. And it's actually pretty cool. So we don't have to stick to our schedule, but if I have the times blocked in every single day, yeah. I know what I have to accomplish for that day. Yeah. And if something comes up and it doesn't get accomplished, I just <clears throat> move it over. You know, I move it Got over it. to the next spot and it gets done. I mean, things are not perfect. They're never going to be perfect in, right. in this worlds that we live in, uh, everything, yeah. a lot of things are spontaneous, uh, and they have to be, but I absolutely love it. And, um, so it's working for you now. I'm kind of going off on a tangent. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I block things that are important to me and things that I have to get done. Certain things I want to get done every single day. So, you know, I, I start with that, like, what's the best time of my day to do this? And I put it across the board. And then, you know, there's certain things that I do once a week. There's certain things that I do every other week, you know? So I, I have to have it all in my calendar. I live by my calendar. Yeah. If it's not there, it's not getting done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. The yeah. Same. I'm the same as well. I get this question from my agents as well. Like when I go through the whole business, business planning process with my agents, it's a big question that comes up. Because, you know, we really instill um, the prospecting, the prospecting to keep your pipeline warm so that you're never without business coming in. That's, I think, the most challenging part for the agents that I work with. And I don't know, have you ever, um, do you know who Ryan Serhant is or have you ever read his book? Mm -hmm. um, so he, I love the way he structures his day. I mean, he's a multi-million dollar agent in New York and he structures his day by finder, keeper, doer. The finder is the prospecting time. It's the lead generation time. It's that time, couple of hours in the day for him, it's in the morning that he designates is how he's going to, you know, generate leads. Um, whether it's phone calls, notes, um, you know, meetings, whatever it might be, then um, the keeper is the marketing. It's essentially, you know, what is he going to do to continue to nurture his leads, continue to nurture his SOI, continue to promote himself. It's sort of all that investment in his business. And then the doer piece is all the other stuff. It's the maintenance stuff. It's the negotiating with, you know, with your co-broke on deals that are happening. It's, you know, the paperwork that you have to do, the administrative stuff. And so 
I love using that. When I talk to agents, I say, you know, split your day up into finder, keeper, doer. And essentially, you know, the finder stuff, you can get that, you know, if you say first thing in the morning, I'm going to spend mm-hmm. 90 minutes on prospecting and you prepare the night before on who you're going to call or what that's going to look like, then you can spend like the bulk of your day doing, you know, doing yeah. the stuff that has mm-hmm. to get done to maintain your business. And then the keeper, you know, you can keep that at the end of the day, allot yourself, you know, an hour to do it. Um, and, and then you have the evening to spend, whether it's your personal time or your time with your families or, or whatever. And I thought, that's kind of brilliant to, you know, to really section out your day. It is brilliant. And I love the organization of that um, because you really need to do like, gosh, everything in our day is important. I know that, but there are certain things that you just have to do every day. Um, you have to touch your people every day. And I feel like if you do that first thing in the morning, you know, you're done because things come up during the day and then you're like, Oh my God, I didn't get to do that today, you know, and that's normal. But I think if you get those, you know, most important things done first, then your day will, uh, you know, will roll a little more smooth. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So the first thing is time blocking. So we just kind of tackled time blocking. What's time blocking? Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned something about business planning. Uh, Well, that kind of goes, you know, scheduling is planning, but I thought I heard you say business planning. So I know you're really big on business planning, uh, marketing planning, like. Yeah. Yeah. Is it necessary? Do you think it's necessary for agents? Yeah, it's totally necessary. I know what I think, but. It's so funny you ask because, um, you know, I am a huge believer in planning. I'm a huge believer in goal setting. I'm in, in my world, nothing happens without a plan. And so it's funny because I had a meeting with one of our agents yesterday and we found out that we both worked. Well, we both came from the, from the consumer packaged goods industry and we both worked at the same company in the same building at the same time and never knew each other. Um, we worked for Gillette at the same time. And so, and I said to her, Julie, I knew that I liked you because she loves to sit and do her business plan. And she's excellent at, at executing it because, and it's that whole corporate background where, you know, every year there was a that time of year when you had to plan and you had to put your budget together and you had to figure out how many cases you were going to move the next year and how that was going to actually get done. Uh, And so, you know, and there were KPIs associated with all of that. And that sort of training and discipline has stayed with me. A lot of real estate agents, they just roll from one year into the next, not because they don't believe in it. It's just because life happens and things happen. And you know, one day you find yourself in October and the next day you're in July, you know? So I can't instill enough how important it is to slow down at the end of the year, reflect back at the business that you've done, where it's come from, uh, and, you know, figure out 
what your goals are, you know? So a lot of agents will realize, wow, I, my, I'm like geographically widespread and I want to bring it in closer. So I don't have to drive as often or as far. And so there's a whole strategy you can put together to start to, to drive business where you want it to be. Uh, And so I think it's just really important to sit down and reflect on on where you've been, where you've come from and where you want to go and, and put a plan together to get, help yourself get there. And it's so rewarding at the end when you have actually achieved it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I am a firm believer that having that business plan in place, it just helps you achieve your end goal. Um, it gives you like a roadmap Yes. Of here's what I have to do to get where I want to be. And the beauty of it is, is yes, it's a project. You need to sit down and devote some time to it every year. But just like my daily schedule and my weekly schedule, it's it evolves. It could change during Mm -hmm. the course of the year. Mm -hmm. This isn't working for me right now. What do I need to change to, you know, what do I need to tweak to, to make this work better for me? Exactly. Or I changed my mind. I don't want to do it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd rather do this instead. Like you have the plan in place, you have that schedule in place and you just, you know, use it and work it as you go. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, another um, question I get as it relates to business planning and marketing planning in particular is two questions. One is how much money should I be allocating towards my marketing? Uh, and then the, another question is, what is my, you know, um, what is my philosophy or thinking on print? So these are two really, really important questions um, as it relates to marketing. And I, here's what I'm going to say. This is what I tell all agents. Generally speaking, in general, um, I recommend that agents look at between 5 and 10% of your gross commission to invest in marketing. However, That's only if you're actually bringing in income. You know, if you are a brand spanking new agent or you're only two years or three years into the business, don't spend a dime on marketing. There's so much you can do for free to get your name out there from everything from, you know, Brian Buffini's sort of foundational teachings, which are, you know, phone calls, pop buys personal notes, those things are free and they're relationship nurturing. And that's really the the name of the game is to build those relationships. The other piece of that, that's hundred percent free is social media. As you know, well, Betty, like it is so easy to build relationships over social media. That's how you and I got to know each other over time. Um, So five to 10% is like a benchmark if you're making money and you have all of your expenses covered. Um, Otherwise, don't spend a dime. So that's the first question. The second question is around- Oh, can I just jump in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do something a little bit different. Okay. Um, Once I get my commission check, I split it into three and a third automatically goes to taxes immediately. Because let's Smart. face it, you have to pay taxes at the end of the year. A third goes in my business account. It's not just for marketing, but it goes in my business account. And then a third goes into my personal account. I pay myself. 
right? So brilliant. In that business account, I take my marketing. Now let's let's not forget, like a lot goes into running a business. I mean, you have to pay for your license every year. You have to pay different fees, your super key, your uh, board fees, your, you know, whatever. If you have like designations, um, if I'm traveling for education, uh, CEs, like all of that comes out of my business account. So that's not marketing per se, but marketing is in there as well. And then everything is broken, you know, broken down further, but that's where I start. One, two, three. I love Um, that. And then I go from there. Yeah. So that is so smart. So super Mm -hmm. smart. Oh my God. You know, it's it's funny. So we pay Gil um, an allowance of, I think it's like three bucks a week. And we tell him like a third of that has to go into your piggy bank for college. A third of that goes to charity and a third of that goes to your wallet. Like you can spend it on anything you want. There it is. And we're just trying to have expenses like we do. So that's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's teaching them how to save and how to, you know, give back and and all that. But that's really, really smart. It's like, because that's the other thing. Like you don't want to get to the end of the year and owe all these taxes. Oh my gosh. I have to say as a new agent, I mean, I did it. Everyone does it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I didn't save enough for taxes. Now you're scrambling. Yes. Yes. So So smart. So smart. Okay. So let me talk about print. Um, Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Because so this is a, this is a huge question I get all the time. Um, Is print dead? Should I be spending any money on print? And the answer is yes and no, or no and yes. Um, Here's what I see a lot of agents do that I really try to emphasize is the wrong thing to do. I see a ton of agents who put together postcards and send them. There's so many companies out there that will, you know, do it for you, turnkey, cheap. And let me tell you, it's cheap. And think about how many postcards you get every single day, whether it's from other agents or other small businesses in your area that you just kind of take out of your mailbox and you go right to recycling. Yeah. It does nothing for your image. It really doesn't. Nothing. And in fact, it can damage your image because if you're, if you're using a company that, you know, doesn't really care about the quality that they're putting out there, then that's a reflection on your brand. Yeah. So I always say, even if it's only two or 300 bucks to send out 1500 postcards, you're throwing money away to do that. And they'll, you know, you'll do it like every month or every couple months or whatever. And I, I, I don't encourage that. However, what I do encourage um, is quality, high quality, value added print pieces um, that will do one of two things either um, help you to nurture a farm. So if you're farming, you know, get real tight, like don't even take a zip code, take a neighborhood or a few streets within that zip code. Maybe it's your own little neighborhood, get really tight. Like I'm talking 200 people tight, create a really beautiful, you know, quality piece 
that's value add that not only just like social media, not only provides valuable real estate information, but also provides a, a little bit of information about you and what you like and who you are and what you sound like so that people see that you're actually a person who has mm-hmm. hobbies and families and interests and, uh, and all of that stuff. And, you know, we've got one agent in our company who she's a gardener. Um, she's a phenomenal cook. And when she puts these pieces together, she always puts one of her recipes in there. And Great idea. she's always on social media, like showing people what she's cooked that day or what she's baked. And so people know her by that. And so and it's not it- just a recipe. It's her hers. recipe. Yes. Yeah, it's hers. Personal. Yeah. So a high quality piece to a farm, I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, the other time, the other way, and, and consistency is really important. So, you know, not one and done. It's got to be done, you know, optimally every month, you know, at minimum every quarter. Um, the other time I think it's really smart is when you've got an event, right? So let's say you're hosting Santa Claus at your office for two hours and there's going to be hot chocolate there and pictures with Santa and it's going to happen on December 12th from two to four, you want to get a postcard out there to make sure that everybody comes and what a great way to, you know, meet and greet people in the neighborhood, people in the town, in the community and offer something of value to um, as well. So those are the, those, that's sort of my philosophy on print. If it's done correctly, I think it can work. If you're doing it just to do it, save your money. So I, I have a lot to say about that. I am a hundred percent with you. First of all, um, I was doing quarterly postcards and it was to certain mailing routes in the areas that I wanted to service. The postcards were high quality. It's easy to do. EDDM, it's every door direct mail. If you want to mail to a specific mailing route. So two things that were wrong with this. Number one, my postcards were generic. They were pretty, but they were generic according to the season. I wasn't really sharing value. My goal was to get in front of everyone to you know, make sure that they remembered me and knew that I still existed, but I wasn't pr- providing value. Yeah. So my new take on that is when I send them out, send something valuable. Yes. So I have a little plan in place. Uh, I'm not going to disclose it just yet because it's not happening yet. But from now on, they will be getting something of value, not just that happy spring postcard. The other thing is I realized that within the mailing routes that I was sending to, the entire mailing route consists of a certain area, but it's say one mailing route in particular, it's not the entire mailing route is not the neighborhood that I want to focus on. I want to focus on a neighborhood or two within that mailing route. Why am I mailing to the whole mailing route? Because it's easy because I just have them printed out and have them sent out by the post office in bulk. 
there's a way that you can narrow down to the mm-hmm. exact neighborhoods that you want exactly. to focus on and send your mailings to just them. Yep. You know, it yep. might require a little more work, but not necessarily there's do the research. There's, you know, companies that can help you narrow down to yes. where your focus is. Most printers, professional printers can actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. With so, professional printers who can do that. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, you know, honestly, it's, it's going to cost you less um, and it's going to be a much more efficient spend than yeah. trying to be out there, you know, just, it's like, like Katie always says, it's, you know, like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it sticks, you know, it's like yeah. get really purposeful and really mm-hmm. intentional about who you're trying to, um, who you're trying to recruit is the wrong word, but who, who you want to serve, you know? Right. There you go. And um, what do you think, Christine, about the just listed, just sold postcards? You this know, is a big one. It is a big one. Um, I think it really depends on the demographic. You know, I have an agent in Cambridge who swears by it. She swears by it. And it makes sense for her because many of the neighborhoods that she's working in are an older demographic that, you know, they want, that's how they get their information about what's happening in their neighborhood. And so it works. It has worked for her for many, many years and so I think, I think it works, but if you're in a, in an area where you've got all families, um, or certainly people who are, you know, younger than 30, that's not going to work. They would rather, they're going to look it up on the, not even on their laptop. They're going to look it up on their phone. They don't want something in the mail. And, you know, the other thing to think about so many of those people, so many people in general, but especially the young people they expect us to be environmentally conscientious, you know, they don't want to see us killing a bunch of trees, sending all of this mail out. So that's that's just, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. What other questions do you get? Those are the big ones for me. Um, here's a good one. When is it necessary to hire a professional photographer? My answer, it's very easy, but I'm going to dig in. Always, every single listing, every single one. I use a professional photographer, whether I'm listing a tiny little summer shack or a McMansion. Um, First of all, I want to give every single client the same service, and I want to show every single listing in its best possible light. So that goes all the way back to preparing for the listing. We prepare every listing. We clean up every listing. We make sure that it's photo and magazine ready, and then the photos are taken. And... I mean, the whole goal is to be able to show people how they can live in your home, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not using, if you're not doing some level of staging, if you're not using a professional photographer, 
it's just not going to happen. I mean, I've gone through listings looking for my buyers and I'm just like, swipe, swipe, swipe. It just doesn't look good. You know, uh, I can't see my buyers living here. They can't see themselves living here. And that's just by a photo. And that's, you know, let's face it. Like everyone that steps into your listing has seen it before online. Yes. You have to catch them then, you know, and it's just really being able to show the true value and the beauty of the home. Um, it's an absolute must. I don't care. I don't care what you're photographing. I don't care if the listing is a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars professional photing photos. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I love what you're saying about that. Like, I, I love your philosophy around this because, you know, when you say that, you know, you're telling me as a seller that you are going to do everything possible to create, you know, the best possible product for the market. The house, while maybe emotional to me because I live there, it's essentially a product that you're getting ready to put out to the market. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a commodity, right? You know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. something that you're putting out there. And I think that that philosophy, Betty is fairly new in the business, like in the last 10 years, you know, I think before that people were still using iPhones. They really weren't staging They weren't telling people to paint their homes. They weren't, they were saying, yeah, clean it up. But nobody was saying, you really have to take everything off the counters. You really have to clear those bookshelves. You know, Mm -hmm. here are a few boxes to pack everything up, a bunch of things up and get them out before the open house. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think agents were sort of in that mindset 15 years ago. I think it's, you know, it's fairly new. And I, I think the smart ones do that. They absolutely do that. I think it's catching on, but not to the extent that it should. Um, you know, when I was an agent at first, like I didn't know, like you learn as you go, let's face it. There's so much to learn in this business. And I used to take photos myself of my listings, but I do have an eye for taking photos. So, um, you know, that much, that much I can say, but still there is a difference between showing this much of a room and showing the whole room. And with my little camera, even my, I mean, at the time it wasn't like the iPhone that I have now is amazing, but even then, like, it's just different. Like we hire people to do what they do best. And I'm not a photographer. You know, even though I might take a good photo, I'm not a photographer. I'm hiring a photographer uh, to do their job. And I think everybody should. It just makes, it makes such a difference. It really does. So, and now it's funny. I don't know if, if, um, you know, sellers are starting to just expect it or if they just know that like, that's what I do. Because now the questions are not like, all right, let's list tomorrow. Can you list tomorrow? The questions are, what do I need to do? Tell me what I need to do to be ready. Um, Are we having professional photos? Like they know it, they expect it and they should have that. Absolutely. 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 Well, my friend, um, we have been talking for over a half an hour already. So (gasps) wait, wait, wait. (laughs) 
All right, we have two more questions. I have one for you and then we have one more for me. Right. Branding, branding, branding. Oh. What's the best way to brand myself as an agent? So you, I'm going to say this with, with, with love, Betty. Um, my advice all the time is less is more. Always use your name because your name is the most important asset that you have do away with the logos, like the houses and the chimneys and the keys and the doors and all that stuff. You can take that and put it on any realtor's name. It's not unique is what I'm saying. Use your name, create a logo. You can create a beautiful logo utilizing your name because that's what you want people to remember. You don't want them to remember all the other stuff you want them to remember your name and you so that when it comes time to move again, they're going to call you. They're going to remember your name, not what your logo says and your logo, unless you're like a brokerage or a large team, you don't need a logo. You can, so many logos are just word logos, not icon logos. You know, um, think of Google, right? Like Google is, there's no better example than Google. Their logo is their name. Uh, and I, so I think, you know, especially if you're working under a big box brand, you know, like a Remax or a Coldwell Banker or whatever, their logo is going to be there too. So keep yours as simple and impactful as possible. So it doesn't get diluted within the brand. That's I my biggest that. piece of advice. Yeah. It's yeah. funny that you say that because after talking with Lisa Eskew yes. on our last podcast, um, I did make a decision. I do have a logo and, you know, it has a house with, you know, three parts to it, which I love. It is a very simple logo, but I was trying to think of a way that I can incorporate my name or my initials onto that logo. I don't want to change the logo completely because I've been using it for so long. Um, and you know, let's talk about consistency. I need to remain consistent and recognizable with the logo that I've been using. So I don't want to change it completely, but I'm going to find a way to like add my name onto it. So important. Um, yeah. Yeah. So important. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of like your hair, the person who does your hair, I always say this. It's like, I don't care where she goes. I don't care where she cuts. I just want her. So it's important to remember her name, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. What was there? Was there another one? Yeah. And, oh. you know, really quick about branding. I mean, we can do a whole entire segment on branding. So Absolutely. maybe that's something to uh, put in our back pocket for a future episode, because I think that could be really interesting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the last one, um, this is a great one. Um, I see this all the time and I've heard people ask it, but I'm also seeing people do this and it, oh, I just can't breathe when I see it. I don't know why. Um, should I hire someone or a company to post for me on social media? Oh my God. I get that question too. The answer is absolutely not. There are a lot of things with social media that you can have somebody help you with. If you're doing video, you can have a video editor. If you're scheduling um, 
your content. You can have someone help you with the scheduling. When it comes to conversing, when it comes to creating, it has to be in your voice. Yes. If you have a company doing it for you, it's very generic. They're doing the same thing for a lot of different agents. It's not in your voice. There's a clear difference when somebody posts a caption on your behalf that is generic versus you talking right. clear as day. Yeah. And it's not you. It's not helping your brand. It's not helping people to learn about you. It's not helping you create no like and trust. It right. just doesn't do it. Absolutely yeah. not. There's a way to do it. I mean, I hear agents saying, well, I don't have time. Um, you have time. You have time. Schedule it. Well, and honestly, <laughs> if you don't have time, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. Just don't do it. Yeah. You don't exactly. have to be all over social media. And you, no, and if, you but if you are in social media, you don't have to be on every platform. You but don't. if you're, if you want to do it and you're going to do it, you have to be that's the it. one, like you wouldn't exactly. have a cocktail party at your house and have somebody else host it. Like that would be weird. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um, so that is like huge for me. Like I said, sometimes, you know, I see other agents like just posting, you know, you, you can tell, I, I, you just, it, you can it's tell. very vanilla. You can tell. And I want to reach out and say, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I, I do Stop too. It. And you know what? It's, um, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's all templated stuff. Who wants to be a template? Nobody wants to be a template. Nobody, nobody. You want to awesome. stand out from the rest. And the only way to do that is by being yourself, my friend. Yep. So yeah. All right. Shall that's we That's another topic we can really dig deep, but we'll keep that for another one. I yeah. Know. So that was fun. Yeah. That went by fast. Always, always. Awesome. Well, if you're watching us live, um, we didn't even ask you to, you know, say hello, which we usually do. If you're watching the replay, please give us a like and let us know you're watching and tell us where you're watching from. And if you're mm -hmm. listening, oh my goodness, we would so love it. If you would give us a five-star review, we would really appreciate that. And uh, with that... Oh, we have a great guest coming next time. Uh, can we just plug we, her for a minute? We can. And you know what? I mean, I honestly, I feel so honored. I feel so honored that she's going to be on our show. She is fabulous. I mean, everyone is fabulous, you know, but I feel like a little bit of a brush with fame here. <laughs> well, do you want to she's just a normal person she... like us? Should we just hold sure. on to that little... And not tell anybody until next week, or should we say who it is? Let's go for it. Chelsea Pites, everyone. Chelsea She's Pites. like the Instagram queen. She's definitely queen. the Instagram queen. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. We're going to be chatting with Chelsea Pites all about Instagram. Yeah. And God, March she. 3rd. Yeah. March I can't 3rd. Wait. So be here March 3rd. Till then, everybody have a great day. Yeah, have a great day and we'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone. It's been fun. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, we'd love it if you subscribe and leave a review. 
If you're interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out to Christine or Betty on social media for consideration. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Please join us next time for another insightful conversation on incorporating know, like, and trust into your business.